0: Hey folks and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host Randy Wilburn and I'm excited to be with you today. I have got an individual that I connected with. I actually told him I was telling him this story before we started recording that I learned about his company and at the basketball court of all places and somebody was telling me about his this company and I was like, "Oh, you're talking about Instacart." And he was like, "No, not Instacart. It's called EasyBins." And I was like, "Okay, well, tell me more." And so he's he proceeded to tell me more and then I learned about the company and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And to find out that it started right here in Northwest Arkansas, in my backyard, I said, I need to connect with these folks. And finally, because of the serendipity of Northwest Arkansas, we have mutual friends. And Aaron was able to connect me with James Farmer. And James is the founder of EasyBins, And James and I are sitting here in his office right up almost off of 412. And I can't think of the name of this road, but it's the same road that takes you the back way to uh, X and A. And trust me, folks, I'm not good with road names, but I do know where I'm going. So that's the most important thing. But without further ado, and the Aaron that I was referring to is Aaron Marshall. Aaron is with BCS, and Aaron is a good guy. I've heard him speak several times. He spoke to our rotary group, and we became fast friends. He's just doing some amazing things here in this local community. And really giving back, especially to the homeless community and to those that, you know, have less than than a lot of us have. And he just has a heart to serve that way. And so big shout out to Aaron. But without further ado, I want to welcome James Farmer to the podcast. James, how are you doing? Good. Hey everybody, Randy, thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Absolutely I'm I'm excited, man, because I love.
2: Welcome to Easy Ben's. Yeah,
0: exactly right. I'm, and I'm sitting here. I'm looking at an Easy bin and I'm looking up, and you've got some like Wright's barbecue back here, which I'm like, I need to swipe one of those before I leave. And I'm just kidding, but uh-huh. I mean, you've got all kinds of good stuff. It's so funny because, and I'll just share this little story: is that I texted Jordan Wright, who's been on the podcast, episode seven of the I'm Northwest Arkansas podcast. We had Jordan on to talk about Wright's barbecue early on when they first started, yeah. and they opened up the place in Johnson. And I said, Jordan. I need some barbecue sauce. And of course, they're closed on Sunday. And he was like, listen, I got to go by there anyway at four o'clock. I'll leave a bottle outside for you. And he got down there and texted me and said, man, I'm so sorry. We are out of barbecue sauce. And I'm like, well, that's a good problem to have because, you know, I thought for the longest time, I thought that they were his sauce, which is bottled, was available at Harps, but it wasn't. He told me City Feed and some other place it, it might be available. I don't know. Easy it's
2: available on Easy bins.
0: And it's, it's available. On, and if I had known that, maybe I would have just called Easy Bins and, and paid to have that barbecue sauce because there's just something about it. And it is really good. So. It's
2: really good. Can I tell a funny story about Jordan? You, yes, yes. Jordan's one of my really good friends. Okay. And uh, he's a special friend. He's so much fun to be around. And Jordan and I went to Colorado a couple of years ago together. And I, my dad lives out in Colorado. And we were going to go stay with my dad overnight. And we get out there and Jordan, as a gift to my dad, brings a whole brisket. So, he cooks up a brisket. My dad's letting us stay with him for a couple of days. And Jordan's like, I'm going to bring a brisket for Jim. So, he hauls this thing to the airport, brings it on the airplane, everything. Mind you, my dad's a single 70-year-old male. He, does <laughs> eat, he eats no meals at home, has no food in his refrigerator. We get out there and Jordan gives him this brisket. I mean, it's a full, this is like $150, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And my dad puts it in the freezer. We have a good time, so-and-so, where we leave. Like a month later I called my dad and I was like, Hey Dad, where's that brisket? Like we were gonna have a party out there. He was having a party. I was like, Why don't you serve the brisket? And he's like, Oh, I threw it away. I didn't want it. Threw it away. I was like, Dad, that was a that was a really nice brisket Jordan gave you. He's like, Well, I was taking a broom in my freezer. <laughs> the funny part is Jordan kept on asking me, like, hey, did your dad like the brisket? Right, and right. I was like, oh, man, he hadn't eaten it yet. He hadn't eaten it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, another friend told him, he's like, dude, he threw it away. It's in the dump. Oh, my and, goodness. <laughs> so never, wow. Yeah, Jordan hasn't taken another brisket out since then.
0: I don't, yeah, I guess not, man. That pains my heart. And I'm not even, I don't even eat red meat, but that pains my heart to hear it. So I used to like a good brisket back in the day when I did eat red meat. So. It's yeah. good brisket. No, it is. I mean, that and the, the candied bacon, I mean, the burnt ends and all that other stuff that Jordan makes, is just, it, every time I walk in there, it's mm. absolute torture. Of course, what I get, and don't judge me, folks that are listening, I get the salad with some barbecue chicken on there, of course, some smoked chicken. and uh, really good, though. And their wings, their wings are actually really good. Sorry, Nate. Their wings are good. They're up there with yours, Nate. There's only a few people's wings that I really like. Lucky Luke's. Jordan's Wings at Wright's Barbecue and Nate Walls from Secondhand Smoke Barbecue. And I give oh, okay. I give, always give my shout out to Nate cuz Nate's out there feeding feeding the homeless and everybody else and and making the food insecure of Northwest Arkansas uh, hopefully a thing of the past. So, anyway. But man, it's great to have you on. I would love for you just to kind of share your superhero origin story. How did you get here to Easy Bins? I mean, to starting this company and and really what what propelled you to this point? And I would imagine that you've done other things, but but I'll let you tell the story.
2: Yeah, how I got to Easy bins was before here. I was at a company called the Harvest Group, and I had two great partners, guy named Bill Waitzman and guy named Ross Cully, and we really grew the business quite a bit. Like we had, the company was really growing into something special that was starting to. We could feel like as partners, we were capping the business out. You could just tell, man, this thing is it's really it's a rocket ship right now, and is we're managing this as a partnership, and man, this is kind of capping it. And if you ask Ross, you'll say, you know, we didn't do a good job of planning for that. And so as we got there, we had a couple options. I, as, I was, as we were growing that business, I personally wanted to get closer to product and customers. Like I love retail, been in grocery and retail for a long time now. And I, but I wanted to get closer. We were brokering and we were doing analytics and sales management and marketing activation work. But I wanted to get closer, like physically closer to the product and the customer. The side of retail, just, I loved the transaction and the customer interaction. And so I was given an opportunity to, to be bought out by Ross. He bought Bill and I out and gosh, that was 2017. And leaving Harvest, I didn't leave Harvest thinking, man, I wonder what I'm going to do. Like I knew exactly where I was going. Easy Benz is not exactly the idea. We've kind of moved around a little bit three years in. But, you know, I knew exactly where I was going and what I was going to go do. I took a couple months to like kind of chill out just a little bit and catch my breath. But then I went straight into Easy Benz. That was not called Easy bins when we first started. <laughs> it was called something it was called Night Owl. Night Owl. Night oh, Owl Grocery. Okay. okay. In fact, that's still our legal name is Night Owl Grocery Sales LLC. Wow. But it's funny, man. I would go around and I would talk to people and they we changed the name because it didn't work. Like Night Owl. Right. Kind of right. creepy. But then it's kind of sounded like an adult entertainment place. <laughs> and I remember meeting with a chamber of commerce person and they right. thought I was Trying to open an adult store. Oh, in, okay. In, uh, okay. In a town in Oklahoma. And so we had to ditch that and we went to Easy Bins. That's hilarious. Um, and so things have changed around a little bit, including the name. And so, yeah, three years in, here we are today. And it's kind of how I got here. I had some great teachers along the way, had a ton of great experience. Coming out of college, my degree and my background is actually on public accounting. And I went there. My dad had given me some advice to go into accounting and like learn the language of business. And so, it was good advice, actually, because it was really good advice he gave me. And so, I went in and did public accounting for a couple of years. And then after that, the way public accounting works is you kind of got entry, you got exit points. Sure. You're going to be a lifer or not. Yeah. And so, I spent a couple of years like auditing all the companies around here because I worked for a company called Hogan Taylor, which is yeah, yeah, I've down heard there of in, them. in Fayetteville. In fact, I still talk to my old boss, Todd Wisdom, who has taught me a whole lot in public accounting. Only person who's almost ever fired me. Um, <laughs> Only time it's ever happened to me was in public accounting. Right. But then got a chance to get into the retail side with, actually with Ross and Bill and a guy named Dan Arnsberger over at North Star Partnering Group. And that kind of just led into Harvest and then leaving Harvest and starting EasyBins. Now, how long did you guys do Harvest? Harvest started, I was there about 10 years. Okay. And similar, like you're talking about, Zweig, it existed before I got there. And I worked there for a couple of years and then bought part of the company from Bill and Ross. Yeah. And then we had a really good ride together. And eventually we were like, okay, we either need to sell this thing or like one person needs to own it and take it forward because the partnership, like we're going to cap this thing out. Um, It can't go where it needs to go.
0: You know, I'd love for you just to quickly speak on that because people listening to this, there are people right now, like I've said that pandemic has brought about a lot of people thinking about starting a business, maybe going into a partnership or something like that. What would your advice be to somebody about starting a business if they're working with somebody else? Would you, what, I mean, are you a, a for or against partnerships?
2: I mean, I can just speak from my experience. I mean, some of my best friendships I have today are from partnerships. And Ross and I went on a walk two weeks ago. Okay. And, you know, there's something special about somebody you've been through a partnership with, you can do that with today. Right. There's just a special connection. You've kind of done all the emotions together. You've cried, you've laughed. You. Fought, you've done everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And when you can just kind of like hold space with each other after that, it's it's a special place, but it takes a lot of work to get there. Yeah. It takes a lot of work to get there. But if you can get there, it's it's a special place you can hold with each other. I think my from my experience, it would just be about like make sure you plan like understand the end point. Right. Uh, right. You know, as a partner, especially as entrepreneurs, we get so excited about the beginning point right now, which is which is good. Like you gotta put a lot of energy into where you're about to go. Sure. But having really clear understanding and agreement, like here's the end point we're going, it may change, but we need to have a common beginning, like end point we're going towards. Yeah. And we need to have agreement, like if we're going to change that, we need to both agree on that. That's kind of probably like, that's the spot I missed for sure. And a place I see a lot of people miss because at the beginning, everything's great you know, everything's fine. You're starting, there's a lot of energy. It's exciting. Right. But you kind of got a plan for that other day. Like, okay, if we are successful, if this doesn't work, what do we want that to look like? Yeah.
0: And I think that's, that's a big, you know, and I tell people this all the time when I do consulting is like, you know, a lot of times the mistake that we make, especially with working with other people is that we don't manage people's expectations properly. And I think you need to always go into something with the understanding of, okay, what, how are we going to, you know, Begin with the end in mind. I mean, I think that's what Stephen Covey talks about, Mm -hmm. and and you know, you really have to, you know, kind of figure out, you know, where are we taking this thing, and you know, what are your expectations? What are my expectations? So, you know, and it sounds like you guys kind of worked that out. So,
2: did a good friend of mine says that expectations are premeditated resentments. (laughs) 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 I I like that. I I, I I like like, that. I I think he's like really good. But getting those out on the table and being honest about those.
0: Oh, man, that's good.
2: Being honest about, hey, if this works, if this doesn't work, here's what you can expect from me, and here's what my plan is to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. It's
2: always much harder to solve for that in the moment. Right, right. You know, whether of success or failure, it works, it doesn't work. Either one of those, it's really hard to solve for that in the moment.
0: Yeah, no, you. yeah, you've said a mouthful. Okay, so you exit Harvest Group, you take a little time off, you ultimately start night owl grocery sales, and then ultimately it morphs into Easy Bins. What was the inspiration for you behind where you are now?
2: Yeah. <laughs> the, so when we were leaving Harvest, we were going to that transaction, I would be up at night sometimes, just like anxiety, stress. I was changing a lot of things in life. You and, too. <laughs> yeah. And so I wasn't sleeping very well. Yeah. And I would go out and uh, sometimes I would just like, go to Walmart, go to the stores, only open, just kill time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to see what was going on. And I remember being struck by the fact that like, this was the time, this would be three, four o'clock in the morning. This was the time when like McDonald's, everybody had their food trucks there. And I was wondering, like, I wonder why they're doing that. Like, why is the food service guys unloading right now? Why are, you know, there was, there's was a couple people on the street when Easy Benz is on the street in the morning. It's the dairy guys, it's the newspaper people, and it's the food service people. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I wonder why they're doing it that way. And so I really started looking at like the food service industry of how do they how do they move food around? Like, we're, we're going to go into the last mile business. Let's learn from things that work and understand, like, what, what are the best practices that exist and how can we morph and modify those best practices to suit the consumer and the retailer? I mean, the consumer and the shopper that we go after. Right. But not start from – there's no reason to start from scratch. Like, I don't think they're delivering to McDonald's because the delivery guy is a morning guy. Right. (laughs) Like, there's real business reasons behind that. Yeah. And so, that honestly was like one of the biggest inspirations for me is just being struck by, like, I wonder why that guy's unloading right now. It turns out he's unloading because it's very efficient. Like, it's very efficient. It's very non disruptive to the store. There's no friction. It's very efficient from a cost standpoint. Your accident rate goes way down because there's no other cars you can hit on the road. Right. All of the other things that are issues during the daytime. You have new issues at night, but all those other issues kind of just go away. Right.
0: Yeah. Frictionless, like you said. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So you started Easy Bins. Did I'm assuming that you give the audience, those that the uninitiated, a little bit of a walking tour of of all that you do at Easy Bins. just so especially for people that may want to say, "Hey, I want to try out the service. I know that they're local here, and that's exactly something that I need."
2: Yeah. So at Easy Bins, we like we like to think of the first movers companies like Instacart, Shipped. Postmates, DoorDash. DoorDash is really restaurants, Grubhub. Getting into grocery now. They connected a store to your door. In fact, that's the phraseology they use. We will connect the store to your door. What we do at EasyBins is we connect the market to your door. And so instead of being limited by an individual store, I want organic chicken from this store. I'm gonna, I'm gonna only be allowed to get items that are that are in this specific physical location's assortment. We say, hey, as a customer, like you're kind of getting used to getting everything you want all at once. We're gonna offer you and let you buy in a single cart all the different items in the cart so that you're not really tied to the proximity of one store because for a couple reasons. Like one, there are some brands that only sell to certain retailers. So if you want science diet dog food, you can't get that at Harps. You can't get that at Kroger, you can't get that at Target, you have to get that at Petco. But you might want organic chicken from Whole Foods along with Quaker Oats oatmeal. And for you as the shopper, that's like three or four trips. That's a couple hours, right? If you're getting it delivered. Those are multiple delivery times you've got to schedule now, multiple d- delivery fees you've got to pay or memberships you've got to have. And it's just really heavy, right? So with EasyBens, we just give you one search bar and you can build a basket and check out with all those products from different places. In fact, we kind of just remove the physical location from the store, from the equation. Yeah, So you don't have to think about it. And you just have the assortment of everything you want to buy right in front of you. The other thing it does, and it's kind of behind the scenes, is because of the way we operate, we, this is a technical term, we cross-pick everything. So if you're going to order, you know, grocery delivery from a store, if you get grocery delivery from Harps, Mm -hmm. you're going to get delivery based on assortment and availability in one store. When our pickers are going out, they're picking everything all at once. And so if organic chicken, I always use this example, is out at store ABC, this person in store DEF can see that it's out and they're going to get it in their store. And so as a result, like our out of stock rates and substitution rates go a lot lower than historically you'd see in online grocery.
0: You know, and that's funny you say that because as you're walking me through this whole process, I'm thinking about my wife, right, who is, God bless her, she is, that's her thing is she goes to multiple places to shop. We shop primarily at Ozark Natural Foods. She goes to natural grocers. Sorry, Ozark Natural Foods. She goes to Whole Foods for some things. She goes to Walmart. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, everything she wants isn't in, under one roof. And that's just the reality of of the shopping habits of some people, right? And So I think that's always a challenge for her. But just, you know, you've reduced that friction of having to go to those different places through easy bins and making the widest assortment of uh, or collection of items available to an individual. So I love that. And as a matter of fact, just now hearing this, I'm going to tell her about it because I think she needs to maybe try you guys out and see how that goes, because it might save her life, because that's the biggest thing she complains about. She doesn't mind shopping. It's just the fact that she's got to go so many different
2: places. Yeah, it's all the different places to go. Yeah, yeah. So we like to say we change the what, how, and where. Yeah. And so the where and the how, we made a couple of different pivots and just like we give our customers a different experience than they would have with other places like Instacart, Walmart, Kroger, shipped. And that is instead of having two-hour delivery, we call same day six and six. So we're in every neighborhood every 12 hours, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. We do that so that, because our target, like, The target we go after and the customer that uses Bins, they're not doing their stock up trip. We don't see $200 baskets, $300 baskets. In fact, we see a lot of $40 baskets. That's our average basket size right now. They're stocking up. I mean, they're filling in. It's a last minute trip. And typically, they're ordering at the bookend of the days, really early in the morning before they go to work so that it's waiting for them on their porch or after they put the kids to bed when their life is a little bit more sane so that it's there waiting for them in the morning. You know, those are the two really points of distinction in how we just give the customers a something, a different tool in the tool belt with online grocery is we have these different delivery experiences. You know that it's always going to be available. There's no question, like, is the time slot full? You know that every 6 and 6, it's always available. If I order by noon, I get it that day. If I order before 10 p.m., it's going to be there next morning. And so as a result, we see that most of our baskets come from multiple stores, and almost all of our orders come early in the morning or late in the day.
0: Yeah. Wow, and so tell me, I guess as we look at, I mean, we are—it's at the time of recording this, we're February 2021. I can't believe that. First of all, it's crazy. <laughs> we, we, we're a year into this pandemic, and it's the big P word that everybody talks about—the elephant in the room with the pandemic, COVID nineteen. How much did that fundamentally change your business model, if any? You know, starting last February.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely fundamentally changed it. COVID pushed our category ahead five, six years. Really? At least. Okay. At least. I mean, it, it did the same as billions and billions and billions of dollars of marketing to change because household penetration of online grocery before the pandemic was in the single digits still. Sure. So less than like one out of 100, you know, one out of 150 homes used online grocery before the pandemic. Right now, it's like one in four. And that wasn't projected to happen until 2025, 2027. So it pushed the category ahead. In a big, big way that we never had plans to do. Right. We thought we'd just grow with the category. And so it pushed the category ahead in a big way. And it made us get bigger and expand. We used the pandemic to really expand geographically outside of Northwest Arkansas. Okay. And then when the pandemic first hit, I mean, volume was astronomical. But, you know, basically a rocket ship took off. It came (laughs) down, you know, it's not operating the same way. March and April were crazy. Right, right. I mean, it was unbelievable. We had to cut off volume every day. Really? As some normalcy came in, you know, kind of the fight or flight response were off a little bit we saw things normalize a little bit. But for sure, the customers we have today, a vast majority of them, you know, we had no plans of getting anytime mm. soon because there's just, it was going to take a lot to get them into online grocery. Yeah, Both at both sides of the population. It's really surprising. The pandemic, the older, the percentage of population over 65 that started using Easy bins, never in our target market, but really big. Really, really big, and so now the question is kind of like, what happens when the pandemic subsides? You know, how much of this behavior is encoded in us now? How much isn't? What kind of happens? I mean, that's you know, everybody's that's that's a big question.
0: Yeah, I think that is the million dollar question, and I don't I don't know that we really do know. I think uh, you know I was l- listening to the economist Janet Yellen, who is our who's the first female Treasury secretary and very smart woman, talking about you know. The residuals from the pandemic are going to be with us for some time to come. This idea that at some point in time, we're just going to flip a switch a few months down the road and everything's going to be back to normal. I don't know that that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I just, I just see it. I think, I think, you know, I don't know how long it takes to build a habit, but I don't think it takes as long as people think it does. And people are going to be more comfortable with takeout. People are going to be more comfortable with having things delivered to their home more often you know i mean i lived on amazon before but i really live on amazon now mm-hmm. i've not been into a store to buy anything you know from that perspective so it's like i don't know i i just think we you know we've kind of turned a corner and it'll be interesting to see what it what's what that what's around that corner you know yeah. what that really looks like so
2: i always think it's a really special time to live i mean yeah. we're living through history absolutely absolutely like it's a kind of a really special time to be alive and Wherever there's chaos like this and change and look, for the longest term, like the word disruption was such a popular, you got to disrupt disruptor. There's nothing needs disrupting now. No.
0: And so, <laughs> no, no. you know,
2: the, the point in that is like as an entrepreneur, man, you got to love this time because it's chaos. And if you don't, like you got to look at a career change
0: mm-hmm.
2: because mm-hmm. this is, you know, chaos is where the opportunity always exists. Absolutely. But you got to be calm, cool, and collected. To be able to navigate through that chaos, find the opportunity, and then execute on it,
0: yeah, and um, you know yeah, you need to have a little patience, and I think and yes. I, I mentioned this to somebody the other day as I was talking because you know when I record these episodes, I record them at all different types of times, but when I was talking with somebody about just the simple fact that there's never been a better time, if you were thinking about pivoting and doing something different. This is the time to do it, right? Yeah. It's it's you know there has never been a better time when you could just kind of like clean the deck, clear it of everything and start fresh. I mean at 20, at 25, at Doesn't 30, matter. at I'm 51. I'm I have pivoted. Like I have pivoted. My pivot has a pivot. That's how much I've pivoted in the last year. And I just have gone deep and gone all in on some things that I know I'm really good at like podcasting and like and I've been doing it before anyway, but I just saw it this is a new opportunity for me to tell more stories to engage with people and I'm still figuring out ways to monetize it but you know that's called, that's all coming but I'm sowing the seed now and and kind of as a as I like to use this old farm analogy priming the pump
2: mm-hmm. on that
0: well that cistern that's 100 feet below the farm and you you've got to you got to work your arm for a long time before you get that water mm. to come to the top but once it does it's hard to stop
2: That's a good illustration I yeah, like that Yeah 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 and so. the the pandemic is a really good situation to do that right the reason right like there's you know it's kind of gets you off your butt a little bit if you want it to yeah yeah i mean and, and i mean provide some like provide some reason yeah you know? why'd you do that it was a pandemic exactly. i mean that it
0: can always be your alibi forever exactly um and it'll make sense it's called the pandemic pivot yes <laughs> That's we should all wear i survived the pandemic Sounds like a book. That yeah will, that will be a the book pan, that is a book actually i'm gonna write that down the pandemic pivot i'm actually in the middle of writing a book and i don't talk about it that much on the podcast but I think it is appropriate to you know you know to to kind of be thinking of it that way, so it should be uh should which be is a great gift,
2: yeah, it's yeah. a great gift like it it's, is it's very special to be alive, and I doubt in my lifetime I'll ever be given an opportunity like this again
0: no not where not where you see your own business accelerate, typically when you look at a business and you look at the arc of a business, you know you're you're physically watching time unfold mm-hmm. and it takes a while mm mm-hmm. and and for you, you had like four or five or six years unfold before your eyes in twelve months. Yes. And you're, you're you're I mean, you're you haven't gotten as much sleep, but you're the better for it because you've been able to, you know, kind of grow this thing. Tell me a little bit about about your numbers with regard to the number of people that are employed. And I didn't realize you were in other locations. So yeah. I'd yeah. love to hear about that.
2: Yeah, we um so we when the pandemic hit, we, we had this challenge. We're like, I wonder how fast we could spin up a market. We operate with a little infrastructure, like where you're at right now, we call it a mini fulfillment center. Some people call it micro fulfillment center, but it's the place where it's the aggregation point Yeah, everything comes together, right? It's how we kind of make it happen. Mm-hmm. So we need one of these every place we operate, but sure. not, not too much. So we had the question, like, can we start in five days? And we t- we took Arkadelphia of all places. We had a contact down there and we we're like, okay, let's see if we can start in five days in Arkadelphia. And we did, I think at four, actually. We spun it up from like nothing to we're taking orders, and and fulfilling those orders in I think four days, and so we still actually to this day operate in Archadelphia, and have we have gr- two great like market leaders down there who it's just a great side business for them. Yeah, and they love it. That's kind of our labor with our people who work for Easy Bins. We want to be the best second job you have. Okay, and okay. so we love second jobbers, man. They're consistent. They're reliable. They have grit. They work hard. And nobody really had the strategy of the best second job. So, for our staff that works in stores, almost 100% of them, in fact, I think 100% of them, it's their second job. They're scheduled. It's not, there's no gig work or anything like that. It's all scheduled shifts and stuff like that. Sure. Today, we have probably just north of 50 people working for us company-wide. Okay. So, we operate here, Conway, Arkadelphia, Tulsa, and Fort Collins, Colorado. Wow. And then here- Now, in-
0: Colorado is because your dad's up there or-
2: no, we just had a contact out there. Okay. We ex- okay. we grew really fast when the pandemic hit. We're like, where do we know people? Right. We weren't very smart about it necessarily. Yeah. Well, we have plans to grow into some new markets this year. We're, we're going to be a little more intelligent about it. And so we have just, under, just over 50 people that work for the company. Okay. Vast majority of those are part-time. Sure. And then full-time, we have five of us. So James Purnell is our COO. You met James and you yep. walked in. Sure. He joined us in November. Okay. And used to run Instacart from Northwest Arkansas. Oh wow. And wow. so we did a pretty exhaustive COO search and James came in and was our top candidate. And man, he there were some soft skills we were looking to hit and he nailed them. Wow. Which was like win over people, be able to move around in the saddle, be a builder. And operationally, man, he just he makes it happen. He he runs easy bins. Wow. And we have Haley Williams who runs marketing. Sierra runs customer service, kind of ops support. Sure. And then we have a dedicated overnight ops manager. and uh, We have two of those, but one of them is part-time. Okay. And all so that's right. kind of the team as we round them out. And then, man, just a hodgepodge collection of people. We have three values at Easy bins love people, love food, love work. Okay. And part of our love people is we don't want to all look and be the same. So it's pretty cool. Our social circles don't really overlap too much. Yeah. And it turns out that's really good for business. Like we get... We get much broader reach, we get much broader context of what we're trying to do and and we get like a whole lot better ideas yeah um and so we like to like not all look like each other, like you can just meet really interesting people that work here they're like every walk of life works here I
0: love that you well can- i mean and i I love the whole fact that that you said that that you had some people that that took this as a second job, and I think you know i I keep telling people you got to have a side hustle, you got to do you know you have to do more than one. A stream of income because and I think we're seeing that right, because of the challenges that a lot of families are facing right now because of the pandemic, and if they if the main breadwinner in the family, say it was a mom or dad, loses their job, it's always like, well what you know what do you do next? And if you can't just bounce into another job, you always have to have something to fall back on and I'm encouraging more and more people now that 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 is that they have to embrace the model of having several irons in the fire. You just have to. I think. You, I think we really need to. And and I mean, it seems like you're creating that opportunity for people to have that, you know, other iron in the fire. Where and and I think it's it works if you have that type of culture where it's like, hey, come as you are, do your work, do your thing, serve our clients at the highest level possible, and then bounce and do whatever else you're doing. And everybody's happy. And you know, I think that's important. I think yeah. there's there, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of people in. Yeah, and there's going to be room for that as as more companies take that mindset right because yeah. for the longest time it, it was like you know you're here and you bleed blue or bleed green or whatever color of a company and that's it and nothing else but now it's like man well, okay I can bleed blue Monday through Friday but on Saturday and Sunday I'm doing this thing on, the, on my own you know yeah. and so and I, I encourage people to do that so
2: it, I, I mean it's it's it works huge. for us we have we've had doctors who are in between residencies work for us one of we still I'm really proud of the fact some of our original pickers and drivers still work for us wow a lot of them don't but some of our all of our original people still work for us right and one of them is got him torrance and torrance is a mechanical engineer at ream right like he drives down to fort smith every day works down there and then three nights a week he picks for us and we've seen people work for us to pay off cars save for vacations just create a side hustle for themselves yeah yeah and it's pretty cool because it creates this it creates this little microcosm where like you're saying you don't have to like Bleed easy bins necessarily. Right. We need you to love people, love work, and love food, Right. and that's what kind of draws us all together. And you come in, you do that, and then you know you're an individual person. You you go right, and you go do the rest of your life. Yeah, um, we try not to like invade people too much.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, man, this is exciting. I um, it, now so the process. If if I'm you know again for the uninitiated, if if I, listening to this podcast, I'm like, man, I need to contact Easy Bins what's the easiest way for them to get in touch with you? Obviously the website, right?
2: Yeah, you go to easybins.com. Okay. Uh, there's an app in the app store, just EasyBins Bins app. Was that, download- was that
0: domain available when you looked for it? No, we had to buy you, it. You had
2: to buy it. Oh, we had okay. to buy that that's, one. Yeah, had to buy that one. I always love listening
0: to those domain stories, where you're like, "Yeah, we had to buy that one." No, we had so, to buy that one. Okay, we had to buy that one. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, and
2: it was not that bad. Okay, it that's good. That that's good. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, there's
0: a lot of there's a lot of domain squatters out there that are yes. sitting on some really, you know. I, and I wish I had the foresight. I remember back in the day, I had some great ideas for some domain names, and I just never, you know, I never. I mean I had parable of the dot com. I've, oh, wow. I've had yeah, I've had some good domains and uh some that I've kept. I, I think I still have Boston Area Home dot com, which is actually a pretty strong one. I've been looking I've had several realtors contact me to buy it, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, those digital domains, there's some real value. I have some friends that that's all they do is is buy
2: and sell domains. Yeah, like the I mean, broker guys. Yeah. I mean, and they,
0: I mean, they're making multiple six figures, oh, yes. easily. Yes. I mean, so.
2: it, it, yeah, it was not cheap. Yeah. And it was not an easy process. <laughs> so, and I don't want to go through it again. No, no, I we're hear not you. I'm changing the name. I hear you. No, that's <laughs> good. Somebody asked me the other day if we were open to changing the name. And I was, why? Back, uh, I was a marketing agency. Oh, okay. okay. And, um, uh, I was back on mine. I was thinking that um, there's no way we're gonna go buy another domain. Yeah, yeah. That's too. That's 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 a pain in the butt. Well, how are people finding out about you right now? So we we use quite a bit of advertising on Facebook, Google. Okay. But frankly, man, like most of our business growth today is through referrals. Yeah, um, I would say this is a huge
0: word of mouth business. It's a, yeah,
2: we're a raving called a raving fan business model. We didn't right. create that. That's kind of the business model name. Yep. And so we're always looking for ways to incentivize our customers to tell their people. And then we do. That's like how our, I heard about
0: it. Yeah. Because that person that w- was a customer of yours. So, yeah.
2: It's such a tactile interaction with us. Like, you have this bin waiting on your door. It's a very, um, you know, it's a really interesting experience with the brand. Sure. That sure. if we, we probably don't do a very good job of unlocking what we could, but then we do some promotional things. Like, we'll bring Trader Joe's in once a month yep. and sell Trader Joe's. We did a, a deal a couple of weeks ago where we, we bought a bunch of, uh, we bought like two, not a bunch, but two. Yeti coolers mm-hmm. and we're like somebody's getting it delivered in this and obviously you could keep it right and so we'll do like tag and it was just things. a
0: random thing right you just chose you yeah just was chosen ye- random yeah, okay yeah. cool could be an employee or... yeah listen Yeti coolers those things are ridiculously they work really
2: well so yeah they do yeah, yeah they do so, yeah. that promotion worked really well I'm sure it did yeah like, it was skyrocketing uh, oh um, <laughs> everybody wants one so yeah volume we didn't was, we didn't tell operations we were doing that
0: I mean it, it, listen a Yeti cooler is like a
2: car payment <laughs> I mean, oh, it is. They're, they're not
0: cheap. So, you know, I mean and and you put that out. And I'm always thinking of different ways to kind of um extend the brand of the podcast. And and I'm actually working on a a campaign right now where I'm gonna be slowly doing a um an awareness campaign and I'm going to, I'm going to give some stuff away. And and so I've been thinking about creative ways to do that. So I may have to think about a Yeti cooler.
2: Yeti cooler is a good one. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we rely heavily and we incentivize our customers to tell their friends. Okay. And it's a shareable business. Sure, Sure. Shareable business. Food is a very shareable thing. And so far, that's really worked for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, that's great. I really love that. So, what what is um what's the one thing right now that in in everything else because everything we've talked about are the 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 highs of of what you're doing and how you're mm. moving this through. What what's keeping you up at night?
2: Well, thankfully, I sleep really good right now. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean yeah, yeah, yeah no, you know, yeah. So. I have a lot of friends who think I still stay up all night. I'm like, guys, I'm three <laughs> years into this. I don't. I right. used to. When yeah. I, when we first started it, it was my wife and I, yeah, out of our garage, Wow, but no more. Like I actually go to bed really early and I get up early. that's good. no, you know the thing that keeps me up at night is starting I always tell people starting a company is like doing yoga like it it's just uncomfortable, and when you start getting good at it, like you go and you're like, "How is the guy doing that? Yeah, I have no idea how he's or, doing that you right, know? Like, right I'm getting good at this, and then you see somebody do some pose and you're like. There's no way I can ever do that. And I think starting a business is very similar to that, in that especially a company that's a startup like EasyBins, as the leader of it, I man, you you don't ever get good at something. Yeah. Because the business is growing and it always requires something different of you. So you're perpetually in this uncomfortable state of like I'm not good at this. Well, of course I'm not. I've never done it before. Right. Right. And so if I can get past like trying to make that judgment about myself, trying to get caught up in me not being good at it. And just understand what the freaking task is in front of me. Yeah, yeah. That helps me move forward. I stay up a lot of night because I get, I get stuck in that cycle of like, I'm not good at this and I should be. Well, no, I shouldn't be. I've never done it before. Right, right, I've never right. scaled an online grocery business before. So next time, if I did it again, maybe I should be good at it. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah, I think we're too hard on ourselves sometimes.
2: Yeah, I would expect too much of myself. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, that's my that's my ego talking. Mm-hmm. That's not the real James. And so if I can let go of that, then I can actually be present and be useful to other people. So that keeps me up a little bit. And then just growing this business, you know, we're, this grocery is deceptively simple yet complex. And we're always trying to make things very simple. We like operationally that works for us. Yeah. So when I look at some of our goals for the year, revenue, customer counts, you know, that keeps me up. Like, how are we going to get there? But then I take a deep breath and I'm like, if I look backwards, I'm like, man, I never thought we'd get here. Okay, like I don't need to be there today. Right, right. I'll be a different person when we do get there. I don't have some of the skills I need to get there yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm not there yet. It's today. Yeah. And man, like, I didn't think we could ever do this in a month. You know? So if I just take a deep breath and orient myself, then it kind of gives me a little bit of space now Mm -hmm. to understand how I can be useful and what the company do what the company needs me to do today. Wow. Uh, Which oftentimes is not what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear
0: you. I hear you. Do you ever have any idea of, man, if this thing really catches fire and kind of takes hold? I look at, you know, I mean, you mean you mentioned a couple of companies that are that are now public. I mean, Doordash is public. I mean, it kind of went from nowhere to, I mean, just a valuation that is astronomical. Is there anywhere in the back of your head that you're like, man, this could eventually be something? As far as that's concerned,
2: yeah, we will not stop the growth of EasyBins. Okay, we're not going to prematurely cap it. (laughs) We care about revenue growth and profitability. I mean, it's one of our key goals right now. And as a profitable company, you got a lot of choices that an unprofitable company doesn't have. Yeah. But there's not an artificial ceiling that we're going to cap it at. We'll let it be whatever it can be.
0: And does it, you think it helps to be in the backyard or or rather in the shadow of this little retailer up the road called Walmart?
2: Oh, I 100%. Like the ecosystem that exists here. Between not just Walmart, but and not
0: I mean just in Northwest Arkansas, period.
2: Right. You have Hunt, you have Tyson, you have the university, you have Walmart. But more importantly, or just as important, you have all of the ecosystems that exist around that. So if you're doing like what we're doing, which is building a retail oriented logistics company, there's really no better place in the country to do this. Because you know what Silicon Valley had with technology, what they had with Hewlett Packard, if you look at like the history out there, the it was the ecosystem that could birth these companies. Sure. We don't have that. We're not going to have that for technology. But we do have this retail ecosystem that whether it's food safety, whether it's food logistics, whether it's food trends, whether it's product, pr- everything you possibly could want to know and need about food and retail exists in this ecosystem right here. Right. You know, these bins we're looking at right here, the inspiration for these bins and the reason we got these bins right here is because we started consulting with a company that builds very similar bins for Walmart to move salmon from Argentina up to LA. Oh, wow. Okay. Like that's where the ecosystem gets powerful. And as a company, you've got these resources here that man are just as valuable and as important as the capital that exists here. Right. Right. Because anything related to food, retail and logistics I mean, throw a stone and you can find the leading experts in the world that are they're here. They're like
0: literally within 10 minutes of us. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz we we're, I mean, we're right up here in Tawny Town, right on the Tawny Town Springdale border and anywhere you go in in a radius of 10, you know, 5 miles, you'll run into these experts, so.
2: That's great. The yeah. only down the only downside is, you know, this little microcosm, it's like the one place in the country that Walmart has like a 90 share of grocery. Everywhere else in the country, they have a 30, 35 share right, grocery right, in the country, right, okay? right, yeah. So if you go to St. Louis, if you go to Kansas City, you know, here people don't, it's harder for them to conceptually understand easy bins yeah. because one, we have these beautiful stores. Right, They're right. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But you go somewhere else and you're like, no, people actually use all these other stores too. Right. And for a company like Walmart, we see our opportunity as like to increase their trade area. Like there's product from Walmart going to homes in Fort Collins that was never going to go there. Yeah, but, you know, when it comes to Quaker Oats oatmeal, people don't dictate the location of the brand. They don't say Quaker Oats oatmeal from King Supers. Right. They just say Quaker Oats oatmeal. Yeah. And so that's the really interesting longer term dynamic of the marketplace we're building. Interesting.
0: Well, you, you know, not saying that, it's almost like I'm in my head, I'm hearing. The song "New York, New York," where it's like if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere because of such the market share that. that
2: hey man, that was my pitch. That's Walmart. what I thought. I was like, okay, <laughs> so, okay. If we can do this thing here. Yeah, yeah, like,
0: absolutely. Walmart Plus
2: is not going to be any bigger. Yeah, like, this no, is it. no, like, no. If we can make easy, and Northwest Arkansas is our largest market. If we can make it here, then everywhere else should be really easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for sure, like that is easily outweighed by the ecosystem that exists here. Yeah, um, you gotta love it. You gotta love it.
0: So, as we wind up, I'd love for you just to kind of talk about Northwest Arkansas as a whole, um, culturally. And, you know, what is it? I mean, what what does NWA mean
2: to you? Well, I call it home. Okay. And I've called it home since 1999. That's a long time. You're almost like a lifer. (laughs) I know, but that's what's so great about it. It's nobody's from here, yet enough people are. We're surrounded by national forests on three sides. We have unbelievably unique and diverse communities. Like I love how different – I live in Fayetteville. Yeah. But I love how different Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, and Bentonville are. They all have these individual personalities and they all play a role. Like it's not that one's better than the other. They each – just each play a role. Yeah. But for me, man, I just love it because it's so easy to meet people. Some of the hustle and bustle, I think about our close group of friends and some of them have walked through like really hard times with me and there's never keeping up with the Joneses, the the performance, it just seems like performance is really not an issue. It's just more about connection and community and life and doing that inside, outside, and in what's a beautiful area that's just great to live. So I mean I call it home and I've got no plans to change calling it home. I love that. Because it's a beautiful place with really beautiful people.
0: Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And I think I, I've said it over and over again on this on this podcast is that these are some of the most giving folks that I've connected with in a long time. And I just think it's just something. There's something in the water here in Northwest Arkansas. And, and you're right. People aren't constantly, as I like to say, striving. You know, I've lived in big cities. I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in, in New York. I've lived in Boston, Washington, DC. It's just different on the coast, but there's something about here. And the thing that I also brought up and, and I'll close with this is that. I had said at one point that I thought that Northwest Arkansas could be the next Silicon Valley, not that it would be another Silicon Valley, that it would be something akin to that, where there would just be an explosion of growth and of opportunity and of entrepreneurship. And I think we're actually starting to see that come to pass. And you and EasyBenz are a prime example of that because this is fertile ground for you to kind of really develop. Something special and then take it wherever it's going to go. That's right. So
2: uh, we, we are an Arkansas story. We want to, we will stay in Arkansas story, <laughs> Arkansas capital, something that could only come out of Northwest Arkansas.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. This was enlightening and it was an encouraging conversation. So it was something I actually needed to hear. So I really appreciate it. I hope all the listeners enjoyed your story and Those of you that are listening that have an idea or a dream, you need to step out and check it out because you never know. You may end up like James, delivering stuff to people at six and six. So, you know, anything's possible, right? Absolutely. (laughs) It is. It is. So, James, if if anybody wants to reach you directly, what's the best way for them to do it? Through the website or do you have an email or what do you recommend?
2: Yeah, they can reach me directly at james at easybins.com. Okay. Or if it's a customer issue, you can also always email. If it's a customer issue, you'll probably get a faster response if you go to help at easybins.com. But and if I can be of help or useful to anybody, shoot me a note.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And what we're going to do is I'm going to work on something. Why don't you give me your quick 15-second commercial for Easy bins? Because we're going we're gonna to share that out and make sure we, we push that out to our I Am Northwest Arkansas community.
2: Oh, man. Come I know on, I'm putting, putting you on, on the spot. spot. Yes. That's but you're the, you're the
0: man. I bet, but I wanted it coming from hey, you. I need because... You should
2: create a 15 second commercial right now on the spot. <laughs> so go. No,
0: <laughs> no it's fine. It, you could just, we'll, we'll, it's just we'll, total piece, we'll piece it together. Total silence. So Well, uh, what's the why behind Easy Bins here? Yeah,
2: we're trying to change what's possible with grocery. We change the what, the how, and the where. And for you, the customer, what that means is we give you access to everything you want to buy, regardless of store. You're not tied to an individual store anymore. And we give you a different delivery experience. We're in your neighborhood every 12 hours, 6 and 6. So you place your order from anywhere. It can come from one store. It can come from 10 stores. We'll give you a search box that you can search for milk and see all the milk in the marketplace and build a cart from multiple different places. And then it just arrives effortlessly on your door by 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. You get to pick the time every single day. So we like to say all the products from every single store each and every day.
0: And cut. You are the pitch man. That's it right there. I love like that. Me? Yes, I love that. That's good. What well, That that will go, and I'm going to share that out. So, folks, you heard it here first. James Farmer, maybe you've heard it before, but you've definitely heard it here on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. If you reach out to these guys at Easy Bends, if you sign up for their service, if you use them, please let them know, because they're going to ask you, how did you hear about us? Let them know you heard about it first here on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. I want to be one of their biggest recommenders or referrals for new, new signups and new customers. So that's all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. remember, we are available wherever great podcasts can be found. And you can check us out on Alexa. Just say, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas and Alexa will oblige you. That's all I have for you this week. You can uh, rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love reviews. I got an outstanding review a couple of weeks ago. I'm gonna read it on another episode. I'm also going to share it on a website because it really moved my heart and it just reminded me of the why why I do this podcast on a regular basis. I will definitely see you guys soon. Remember, the podcast comes out every Monday around noon, somewhere around there. Don't hold me to the noon time, but it comes out every Monday. So keep looking out for a new podcast of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Wilburn, and I will see you soon. Peace.